0: March to Zion broadcast is a weekly radio production of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church. The broadcast is under the direction of Elder Tim McCool, pastor. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write the March to Zion broadcast, PO Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447.
1: Stay tuned
0: for a message of God's sovereign grace.
1: This is Tim McCool, pastor of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church and director of the March Design broadcast. Please stay tuned for a message of salvation by grace. Good morning. It's my great blessing and privilege to be able to speak to you this morning. If you're a returning listener, then we thank you for your ongoing prayers and support. And if you're a first-time listener, we hope that you'll feel burdened to join us each week at this same time. We rejoice in the message of salvation by grace alone. And we invite you to come and worship with us. We meet each Sunday morning at 1030 and on the second and fourth Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. So come and join us anytime that you can. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at my email address. It's Tim at dot com. That's Tim at dot com. Our website is Bethlehempbc.org. That's Bethlehempbc.org. We're going to hear a song and then bring to you a message from the Word of God. Safe in the arms of
2: Jesus, Safe on his gentle breast, There by his love o'er Sweetly my soul shall rest, Hark is the voice of a
1: speak to you this morning about a pattern, a proof, and a problem. We'll begin in Acts the 20th chapter where we find the Apostle Paul preaching to the folks at Ephesus and reminding them about how he taught them. That's the pattern or the strategy or the method by which the Apostle Paul taught the church at Ephesus. You see, in Acts the 20th chapter, Paul is reminding them, going back and saying, do you remember when I first came among you? And you can read about those events that took place. In the book of Acts, when the Apostle Paul first came into the city of Ephesus, and some great stuff there about what happened when the Apostle Paul came preaching, and he spent a total of about three years there at Ephesus. And during that time, some incredible things happened. We read about how the Apostle Paul rebaptized 12 disciples of John when they hadn't heard anything about the Holy Ghost. We also read about the seven sons of Sceva there who experienced a terrible encounter with a demon and we read about how there was such an uproar in the city that the whole mob of the city came together and there was chanting going on there against the truth for three or four hours and the city leader there the mayor of the city or the city clerk actually had to break up the mob that had gathered it's an amazing thing that happened there in the city of ephesus and it was over an extended period of time and the apostle paul is passing near Ephesus in Acts, the 20th chapter, and he gathers those preachers together from Ephesus, and he reminds them about his pattern. And that's the first thing we want to talk about is the pattern of the Apostle Paul. And then we'll talk about the proof of what the Apostle Paul actually taught them, and then we'll find that there was a problem that occurred at Ephesus. So let's pick up in Acts, the 20th chapter, where the Apostle Paul is telling them they came to him and he is rehearsing to them how he taught them this is the pattern of the apostle paul in acts 20:19 he says i was serving the lord with all humility of mine and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the jews he says remember how i kept back nothing that was profitable unto you but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house the apostle paul is reminding them of his pattern he says There is nothing I left out. If it was profitable for you and it was from the Lord, I gave it to you. I taught it to you. I showed you. I did that publicly, and I did it from house to house. The people that invited him into their homes, he would go in and he would teach the things that were profitable to him in their homes. And he would also stand up in public. We read elsewhere that the Apostle Paul often went into the synagogue. That's the public place in which the Apostle Paul taught. And it also says in the market daily that he would teach and preach to those that would listen to him and that would come around and ask questions. And we can conclude from this one verse that the Apostle Paul didn't leave anything out. He says, I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. In other words, I gave you everything that was profitable to you. He says in verse 21, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Paul taught them everything they needed to know about, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. so he didn't hold anything back. He goes on and describes even further the pattern in which he taught them, the strategy that he used, the method that he used. In verse 26 he says, "Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. That is very important that we see the Apostle Paul once again stating that there's nothing I left out. I gave you everything. He describes it here in verse 27 as all the counsel of God. He said, I would have been negligent if I didn't teach you everything you needed to know. I declared unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Here he's saying I've taught you everything you need to know. I've kept back nothing from you. I've given you all the counsel of God. So now preachers take heed to the flock and do the same thing with them. Don't hold anything back from them that is profitable. If they need to hear doctrine, then teach them doctrine. If they need to hear practical things about how to interact with their families, husbands, wives, children, parents, a workplace, bosses, he says, whatever they need, I've given you everything. And so teach it to them. And he goes on and says in verse thirty-one. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Here the apostle Paul describes the emotion that he had invested in them in teaching them all of the things that were profitable to them and all of the counsel of God. He says, and now, brethren, I command you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. He says, and now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, you yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things. Now, let's recap here what the Apostle Paul has said about his pattern. He says, I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. I've showed you and taught you publicly house to house. I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. He says, by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And I have showed you all things. Is there any possibility that the Apostle Paul and his pattern in his method, is there any possibility that he didn't teach them something that they needed to know. So we see clearly established here in the Apostle Paul's own words the pattern by which he taught them. And child of God, you can rest assured that the Apostle Paul left nothing out. He was not afraid to teach them anything about doctrine or practical things that they needed in their life. And one may be saying, oh, if we could only know what that was, then we could follow not only the pattern of the Apostle Paul, But we could have the proof of what he taught them. Well, it's a good thing that we do have the proof of what he taught them, of the meat on the bones, you might say. The Apostle Paul lays out the skeleton here uh, of how he taught them. If we could only know the actual meat on the bones or the proof of what he taught them, well, we can because we have a little book called the book of Ephesians. Remember, the Apostle Paul in Acts 20 is talking to the elders, the preachers from Ephesus, from that place that he spent about three years, where he kept back nothing that was profitable to them, where he had not shunned to declare unto them all the counsel of God, where he taught them and warned them every day and night with tears for three years and showed them all things. In Ephesians, the first chapter, we have the letter, which is the proof of what the Apostle Paul taught them at Ephesus. What revolutionized their lives? What sunk so deeply within those children of God, touched by the Spirit of grace, that they did the things that they did and caused the great stir that occurred there in Ephesus? Well, we absolutely, without question, know exactly what the Apostle Paul taught them publicly and from house to house. And we see all the counsel of God that he declared unto them. And we see what he warned them about. For three years, we see the all things that he taught them. In Ephesians 1, where the Apostle Paul, some time later, several years later, probably while he was imprisoned, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes back to them and tells them exactly what he taught them and lets us know the proof of what he taught them while he was among them. Ephesians 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, let me pause there and remember this. He says, I have showed you and taught you publicly. I kept back nothing that was profitable to you, He said, I declared unto you all the counsel of God. Do you think there is any blessing that the Apostle Paul left out from sharing with those dear brothers and sisters in Ephesus? I think not. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And the Apostle Paul begins to name those blessings, those things that God has done for his people that he shared with them at Ephesus. You know, he tells us the pattern of how he did it over in Acts, the 20th chapter. And here he gives us the proof of the exact things that he taught them. He didn't leave anything out, remember? So when Paul writes back, we can conclude that he left nothing out. And look at what he says first. Here are the spiritual blessings that he shared with the people at Ephesus when he came in among them. The first blessing listed is this, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. You see, the Apostle Paul lists the choosing of God, that which God did before the world was formed. Now, just think about this. There are many people, many children of God who have never heard this, and this is listed as the first spiritual blessing that the Apostle Paul shared with them. I've mentioned this before, but I've had people tell me over the years, I've never heard a sermon on Ephesians, the first chapter, or Romans, the eighth chapter, and the 29th and 30th verse, which is the absolute milk of the word. It is the basic, most simple truths that we are to embrace and understand and know and rejoice in. And I've said this, too. If you've never heard a sermon on Ephesians, the first chapter on Romans 8, 29 and 30, we need to go ask our preacher. We need to go ask someone why we haven't heard a sermon on this, because this is what the Apostle Paul says is the first things he taught them. It's the blessings of God. And I've heard people say, well, it doesn't really make that big of a difference as long as you're sincere in what you believe. Well, not according to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul says that he wants them to know this. He writes back and tells them, this was my desire to share with you the whole counsel of God. And the first thing that he lists is the choosing of God. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. For the life of me, I can't see how this is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's listed as a blessing. And yet today, there are many that fear this language. Oh, child of God, just get your Bible out. Get your King James translation out and just read the simple language there. How clear and easy to understand. I've said before, it would take a theologian to mess this up. It's so simple. Children can understand this. Adults can understand this. God has chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world. That ought to give us a sense of of unworthiness, a sense of littleness, that the heavenly Father before the world was formed would look upon my substance, would look upon me down the road there before I was even in existence, down through time. And he would say, I'm choosing him, I'm choosing her. When the reality is he didn't have to choose anybody. See, that's what we miss. When we have a proper understanding of the condition of man, this is something we rejoice in, but sadly today, we don't have a proper understanding of the condition of man. The condition of man is in a ruined state because Adam sinned; we fell into a condition of ruin, and there's nothing that can recover us out of that condition except a merciful and a holy God. You see, God could have left us in that condition. Romans, the fifth chapter, teaches us that in Adam, death came because of Adam's sin, and we take on the nature of Adam, and everyone that comes into the world from Adam takes on the nature of sin, and we're dead in sins. See, the Lord didn't look down through time and think, well, there's Tim, and he'll choose me, or he'll do something good, so I'll, I'll bring him into my family. No, the Lord looked down through time and saw that I would never choose him. I would never come to him. I would be dead in sins. And so the Lord made that move. The first blessing that we have that the Apostle Paul, the proof of what the Apostle Paul taught them is that the Father chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. And what he chose to do for us was to set our destination, to be conformed, to be adopted. He said we had to be brought out of the condition that we were in and we're born again in this lifetime by the sovereign work of God. And one sweet day when the Lord returns, when he gathers all of his children together, there won't be one missing, and they'll all be perfectly conformed under the image of Christ, and it's because the Lord chose before the foundation of the world. And it's because He set the destination of His children, predestinated under the adoption. It says elsewhere over in the book of Romans eight chapter and the 29th verse. It says that we are predestinated to be conformed to the image of Jesus. That's not a bad thing. That's a glorious thing. We'll put away this image of man, the image of Adam, and we'll be made new, made again, rebuilt by the power of God in the image of Christ. It does not mean that we will be clones of Christ, but it means that the same power that resurrected Christ from the grave that brought his body back from the dead when it had been in the grave for three days and three nights, that we will be in that image. We will be resurrected from the grave. That's what predestination means. And the Apostle Paul, the proof of what he taught is right here. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. He predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. It says in verse 6 that he made us accepted in the beloved. Today, many have gotten used to the terminology of you must accept Christ. We've talked about that a lot. It's not found in the Scripture. As a matter of fact, the opposite is found in the Scripture, that the Lord has accepted us. It's not us accepting him. The Lord has accepted us, and here the language is clear, that he has made us accepted. The Lord has found us accepted, not by our works, not by our choosing, but in the beloved, in Jesus Christ, we are accepted, in the work of Christ, in the blood of Christ, in the resurrection of Christ, and we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Oh, this is good news, child of God. According to the riches of his grace, and he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, he made known unto us the mystery of his will, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, verse 10, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. Even in him, this is the resurrection. And in verse 11, I want you to notice this now. I need to point this out in whom, in Christ, also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. The Apostle Paul said, I have not shunned to declare to you all the counsel of God. And here we find in these verses that he is declaring again to them, in a short form, in a concise form here, he is declaring again to them all the counsel of God that the Lord has done for us. And notice this in verse 11. Did you know that the subject of predestination here is mentioned twice in these first 11 verses? I think that's important. I think the Holy Spirit anticipated there would come a day whenever God's children would fall away from the knowledge of this beautiful, simple milk of the word truth. So he mentions it twice. You know, one thing is mentioned in the Scripture it's important, but here he mentions this twice. Is that not important to us? He said, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. And in verse 11, he says, in whom we have an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of God. Oh, child of God, these are the blessings. This is the proof of what the Apostle Paul taught. Now, the Apostle Paul goes on and teaches more doctrinal stuff here. He teaches about the new birth in chapter 2. He teaches about other things Related to our salvation in chapter 3, he goes in chapter 4, 5, and 6 of Ephesians and talks about the practical things that he taught them. But I want you to notice he put the doctrine first. He talked about the Lord choosing us, the Lord setting our destination, the Lord redeeming us, the Lord forgiving us through the blood of Christ, the Lord accepting us through the sacrifice of his Son. And he's made this known to us, and he's set an inheritance for us. And the Lord has worked all of this together so that we can be with him one day. Child of God, that's what the Apostle Paul taught them at Ephesus. That's what revolutionized their life. Is this revolutionized your life? That the Lord looked upon your sinful frame and saw you would never come to him, never choose him, never pray to him, never have an inkling or a feeling towards him. And he sovereignly chose you before the world was even formed, and he has set his mercy and his grace upon you sometime in your life, and he's given you his spirit sovereignly in your heart so that you have a feeling towards him. You say, well, Brother Tim, I feel like I'm a sinner. I feel like the Lord loves me. It's because he's touched your heart. He's tendered your heart. He's given you life. Before that, you were dead in trespasses and in sins. Ephesians 2 and 1 says, you have He quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and in sins, You see, the reason you have an inkling, the reason you have a feeling towards him is because he reached out and touched you. We love him. Why? John says, because he first loved us. Now you see the pattern of how the apostle Paul taught. You see his strategy and you clearly see the proof of what he taught them. There could be no doubt about what the apostle Paul taught them. And these were the first things he taught them. These were the blessings. The apostle Paul didn't leave out any blessing. The apostle Paul told them, Everything that was profitable to them. It said he showed them all things. And so contained in Ephesians, the first chapter there, and throughout the rest of the book of Ephesians, you have everything that the apostle Paul taught them. And yet in Revelation 2, we find out of Jesus' own mouth that there was a problem. In Revelation 2, Jesus writes to the preacher or to the angel of the church of Ephesus, and he says some good things. He says, I know your works. I know your patience. I know you cannot bear those which are evil. And you've had patience for my name's sake. You've labored and you've not fainted. And in verse 4, he says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. There was a problem in Ephesus. They left their first love. You know what their first love was? It was Christ. Because God choosing you before the foundation of the world is in Christ. God predestinating you to be conformed to what? The image of Christ. God accepting you in the beloved. That's Christ forgiving you because of the blood of Jesus and giving you redemption and even letting you know this, all of that sinners on Christ. They had left Christ. Oh, isn't that sad? You know how they had left Christ? They'd left the teachings of Christ. He says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works. You see, he told them how to find their way back to their first love. Those of you maybe that have been married for a number of years, and I've been married for 22 plus years. There are times that we take one another for granted. Is that not the truth? And you think, well, you know, that person's always there. I can always count on them. And just kind of take that for granted. And you leave that person being the special thing that they are. And how do you get back to that? Well. My wife and I we'll go on a date night. You know, we'll spend some time together. We'll go back and do the first things. I'll bring her flowers, I'll bring her a card, bring her a little goodie basket. She'll do different things for me. We go back to the first works and we rediscover the first love. Oh child of God. Here we find the pattern of the Apostle Paul, how he taught them. We find the proof of exactly what he taught them about Christ. And we find the problem of how they had left that. And I submit to you today that there's a problem, that we have left the teachings of Christ. If we've never heard a sermon on Ephesians 1 and Romans 8, 29 and 30, or other basic foundational doctrinal principles in the Word of God, then we don't really know our first love. Think about it. If the church at Ephesus left those incredible, beautiful teachings and they had heard it and knew about it, What if you've never heard it? Or what if we never discovered that first love? Oh, listen, it's there. It's in the word of God. The truth is right there. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And may the Lord bless us to go back to the basics, go back to the first love, see the pattern by which God. The Apostle Paul taught this first love and see the actual proof of exactly what the Apostle Paul taught about this first love. And may we avoid the problem of leaving that first love, but remember where we have fallen out of love and repent and go back and do the first works, do the first things, follow the pattern of the Apostle Paul and see the proof of of what he taught, and repent of the problem where we have left our first love behind. May the Lord richly bless you, is my prayer.
0: You've been listening to the March to Zion broadcast. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write to the March to Zion broadcast, P.O. Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church is located seven miles east of Gordo and ten miles west of Northport, just off Highway 82 on the Boyd Road near Ecola. Services are each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., and the second and fourth Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. Please join us next week for another message of God's sovereign grace.